episode 34. It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, what's up everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. Uh, today we're going to be talking to Nick Loper. He's the founder of Side Hustle Nation, and Nick has tons of cool experience. Uh, he's gone from side hustler to full-time entrepreneur, um, and he's got a lot to share with us, um, especially for those of you who are interested or already have started something on the side, and you're trying to figure out how do I, how do you manage that process? What are some ideas that you could pursue, maybe? Um, and then how do you evolve into the full-time entrepreneur? Um, before we get started, uh, this March we have uh, March 2017. We have uh, Tony Robbins, the one and only uh, self-help coach and guru. I mean, this guy's story is just—it's beyond incredible, and it's an absolute honor that he is working with us uh, to uh, share some incredible insights in the magazine. Um, it's an exclusive interview we had with uh, with Tony. Um, I just recently watched his his documentary. If you haven't seen it on Netflix, definitely check it out. It is incredible stuff. The guy's story is amazing and what he does is truly, truly just jaw-dropping. Um, so definitely check that out and keep an eye out for that edition of the magazine. Tons of cool stuff going to be in there. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't stopped by yet to leave us a review, please do. It's incredibly helpful in keeping the show moving forward. Um, without further ado, let's talk to Nick and see what he's got to say about the old side hustle life. Hey, Nick, how you doing? Thanks so much for joining the Change Creator Podcast show today. Adam, thanks for having me, man. Awesome. Yeah, pumped to talk to a uh, side hustler. I know all about it and um, looking forward to hearing your experiences and tips and all that kind of fun stuff. You bet. Well, we can uh, we can dive right in. What do you want to know? <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> the first thing I really do want to know is um, how did you get into making your first buck as a side hustler? My first side hustle dollar was... <laughs> Probably through selling shoes online as an affiliate. Okay. And what that was, so I had interned at a company that was kind of one of the pioneering online footwear retailers in um, in Seattle while I was in school. Mm-hmm. And after leaving that, or when the internship ended, I was trying to figure out, well, how can I, you know, continue to to use what I learned? Right. It was all about SEO and affiliate marketing and Google AdWords and e-commerce and all this stuff. So how can I kind of continue that? And so set it, set up direct link, direct affiliate link text ads on Google, which I don't even know if this is still viable <laughs> or something that you could do. But basically, I'm gonna find a, a specific model of shoe, like specific product, um, like New Balance shoes at the time were really good for this because they had like really specific model numbers that were unlikely to be confused with other search queries. It was like, you know, WB780NV or something like it was, you know, a very specific yeah. string. Um, and then just link to somebody who had a good price on those shoes. And that's how it started out. This is like with a dollar a day budget in AdWords, because if you you know, I mean, you can lose your shirt really quickly. Yeah, you, yeah. You know, you got to set some set some safety nets um, in there, and people were buying them, not in huge volume because it was super niche, but it was enough to pay for the ads and be a little bit profitable. And then, 
once I, you know, once I graduated, got a real job like I was supposed to because this little side shoe thing definitely wasn't going to be, you know, uh, maybe it could have been, you know, had I maintained that college lifestyle. But for whatever reason, I like I'm an, I'm an adult now, you know, so I got to get a real job. And the <laughs> company moved me across the country and I, you know, started, you know, figuring out how to spend more even like nights and weekends, like how to build this up. Mm-hmm. And that kind of eventually translated into um, having a website built called shoesrus.net, which later became shoesniper.com. I should have spent more than you know three minutes looking for domains when I first started. Like, why did I get a .net? You know, at like oh, in 2006, you know, I probably should have got something a little bit better. Um, but I really liked the branding on Shoesniper, so that was the more recent iteration of it. But yeah, it's big like a comparison shopping site, and so it kind of aggregate the catalogs from Zappos, from Amazon, from all these different stores, and tell you where to find the best price on your next pair of shoes. That's pretty cool. That's I mean, how did you know how to set all that up, or did you have to um, pay someone to to set that up for you? Yeah, I had to hire somebody to do the development for me, and I connected with a guy on Guru.com, who actually just happened to be local. So I was living in Northern Virginia at the time. Um, I got several bids back, but one of them came back from this guy who was like just a half hour away. So I went over to his apartment and we kind of hashed out this deal. And I think once he realized it was just, it was just me, it was just like one dude, (laughs) he kind of like cut me a deal. So it was him. And then he had kind of his development team in India that did, uh, that did the work and worked with those guys for, you know, the duration of that project, eight or nine years. Nice. Nice. How long did you say it was? so that shut down so this was kind of 2005 like when i entered into that you know building phase contract phase and then shut it down in kind of summer 2014 so i did the shoe thing for for almost a decade wow okay so i mean it must have been doing something for you as it as time went you must have done better and better so i'm curious um doing when you were learning affiliate marketing because that's always it seems like um, a starting point for a lot of people who want to get their feet wet and they obviously don't want to create products and go through this lengthy you know product market fit phase and all that stuff so they Mm -hmm. find things they are already established and they can sell them and see if it works so what did you learn from that and is it something you would recommend to um, people who are considering entrepreneurship yeah absolutely so I love the affiliate model it's basically helping other people sell their products and services online. And, you know, probably Amazon is the best known, um, you know, (laughs) store in the world. They're definitely the best known affiliate program in the world. It's like if you're writing a blog, you're talking about a book you read, you're talking about what, you know, products that you're using in your day-to-day life, like odds are it's sold on Amazon and that's an easy way to to do it. Just join their affiliate program and they don't pay a huge percentage, but they convert really well because, you know, everyone trusts them. Yeah, Um, yeah. The, I don't know, are you, are you doing affiliate stuff at all? I did. I played around with Amazon affiliates and we do affiliate links um, when we use their products. And then I signed up for things like QuickBank and others, but I never got into their products. So I, I kind of ditched them. Yeah. The big challenge is figuring out what is your value add? Like what you knew, like why is somebody going to go out of their way to come click on your affiliate link, you know, before they go directly to Amazon. And so with this, with the shoe thing, it was like, well, you know, they're getting something that they can't get, you know, if they go directly to Zappos, they're getting the sole price comparison to find out, Hey, is that really the best deal? Or, you know, actually we ended up integrating, you know, all the different coupons from the different stores that were available. And, um, 
you know, calculating that into the price, and that would often shuffle the the rankings and stuff. So we were trying to do some some different stuff to be value add, and then kind of the the shoe sniper like branding. <laughs> what I wanted to do was this was inspired by like a travel like price alert site. Yeah. Um, but it was like, hey, you know, the shoes are hundred dollars today. That's the best price we could find. Um, you don't want to pay a hundred bucks. That's totally fine. Enter in your email and we'll tell you when they hit the price of your choice. You want to pay 80, you want to pay 75, like we'll, we'll ping you when that price hits. Right. And so that was another thing we tried to do as a, as a value add, um, like TripAdvisor, like just think of all like big brand name affiliates. Uh, you know, TripAdvisor is probably one of the the ones that I point to a lot. It's like, Hey, you better believe if you're clicking on a hotel through TripAdvisor, they're earning a commission on that, but it's like, they've, you know, built up this huge database of reviews um so that's one one model to go after um other good affiliate site like it kind of makes you jaded about the internet because it's really what makes it work like if you're looking like hosting reviews is you know just a a black hole like where you can't get anyone's honest opinion because you know there's money behind every one of those links um what else would be a good um some of the more innovative ones are like um wedding registries i think are really cool uh like here create an online registry and you know every product that you've now added to you know the central you're not limited to one store you could have like your one and and they they get a cut on every one of those sales i think that's kind of an innovative way to do it but lots and lots of different ways to uh, to get it done and so, I mean, to your point, you were trying to find reasons for people to actually, you know, go to your site and buy through there as an affiliate. And that mm-hmm. was always something I always thought about, too. Like, I would set up things. Now, if you, you're running a magazine or you're on your blog, like you said, and you got a book, I can see that that's easy. You can inject that and people buy it. But to, like, I've seen people run actual, like, you know, websites where they're selling clothes through, like, all these things. And it's that's their primary thing is they sell this stuff. And I always thought to myself, like, well, I don't get why people I guess what they do is they create a very to your point, a very small niche. So then they curate all these key items so that you don't have to go all over Amazon looking for it. I guess it makes it easier. Right. And so here's an example just from this month. Um, I put together a list of the 130 something like best Udemy courses for entrepreneurs, freelancers and side hustlers. And there, you know, instead of the 40,000, um, you know, courses that are on Udemy's platform is like, look, here are ones that I know people have bought in the past through affiliate tracking. And, you know, here are some that I think are really interesting looking. And here are some that I've even taken myself. And that post has performed really, really well. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. And so you did all kinds of you followed all your metrics and all that stuff, standard operations, otherwise, besides just selling other people's products. And um, I, you know, I've heard I've heard a lot of good things and a lot of good success stories from people doing it, and it teaches you how to sell too, how to optimize pages, and you get you get to learn all those things. Definitely, definitely a fun one. Yeah, um, and so tell me now. Let's jump ahead to present day. Um, so now, what do you have going on um, currently? Uh, the main focus right now is the sidehustlenation.com. Uh, blog in the Side Hustle Show podcast, which is attached to it. Um, It was one of several projects that I started as a side project from the shoe business. Uh, Most of most of those other projects have kind of are, you know, in the, you know, back corner graveyard of the internet, but a couple have stuck around and one of them is the is the side hustle stuff. And it's absolutely been a blast to do because it kind of gave me an outlet to talk about 
entrepreneurship and I don't know, everybody who wants, everybody's doing stuff like wants to tell them, tell people about it. Like it's, yeah. it's kind of fun and exciting. Oh, look at this marketing thing that I did. And then uh, the other angle of it was getting to connect with um, some other awesome entrepreneurs and side hustlers and kind of share their story. Because as ADD as I am, I can't possibly test out everything. So there's um, an angle of it of like sharing other people's um, you know, businesses and kind of trying to reverse engineer how they how they got it done. Yeah, yeah. And are you monetizing your podcast or the website and things like that? Yeah. So the Udemy post is an example of monetization, you know, yeah. so monetized in several ways, you know, affiliate marketing is one direct sponsorship is another just last year, um, sponsors kind of reached out and started to advertise directly on the podcast, which is really exciting for me. It's like, I've been doing it for a couple of years for free. I would continue to do it for free. Cause it's, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's like an incredibly powerful you know, broadcast media. Yeah. Like well, I'm talking to you, you know, from a $50 mic in my living room and yeah. <laughs> you know, th thousands of people could be listening to this. It's mm -hmm. really cool. Um, the other angle, like kind of sell my own products directly, you know, books and I did kind of a private mastermind for a while, like a group coaching kind of thing. Um, that's kind of a little bit on hold, but those are the main uh, monetization uh, channels over there. Okay. And when you started Side Hustle Nation, just so you guys know, it's SideHustleNation.com. Um, I guess how long did it take you to get up and running? And I assume that the site has evolved quite a bit over time. So when you started the site, um, I guess, how has your traffic development been? And how long did it take before you can actually start monetizing? Was it two years of just constant publishing? Maybe it was a year. So what was that process like, you know, just to give people a sense, like you start something like, like you have a nice niche here, side hustling people, you know, they want to do that. They want to learn how to, to make money on the side. Um, but what does it take to get it up and running and actually start, you know, you post something like you said about Udemy. I mean, that could be an income uh, generator, but, you know, if someone has 5,000 people coming to their site every uh, couple months, you know, it's probably not. So how long did it take to make it worthwhile like that? Yeah, it continues to, it continues to grow. So it's a process. Um, I have been blogging for a few years, probably been blogging for four years before kind of rebranding as SideHustleNation.com. So I had a few years worth of articles, mostly completely unrelated, um, when I <laughs> kind of 301 everything to the new domain. And so I wasn't starting completely from scratch. So I had maybe 80, 100 visits a day at that point. Right. And it's been just a slow, steady climb. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I could probably grow it a little bit faster knowing what I know now. You know, I would do, basically when you, when you write every post, you got to think of like, well, who, who is this for and how can I get it in front of them yeah. versus just hitting publish and you know, hoping and praying that the Google gods are somehow going to put you to the top of the charts. Like that is probably unlikely to happen. But the surprising thing is the podcast has actually grown um, you know, so, several times faster than in the site itself. So that's, you know, where I've been putting most of my effort lately because it could take the same amount of time. I mean, you could have, you know, several hours into a blog post, you could have several hours into a podcast between, right. you know, research and editing and, you know, post-production stuff. But you could reach, you know, a lot more people, at least in in the case today. So that's kind of where the the focus has been. Um, to get to answer your question about monetization, it was so I had you know affiliate links and stuff on the site throughout, but without a lot of traffic, not going to make a ton of money through that. The first thing that I sold was that private mastermind group, and was probably 
eight months into the site at that point um, and had a list of 700 or so subscribers. So put it out to the list. Hey, this is something that I'm thinking about doing, collected applications and got enough to fill up a group. I think we had six or seven and we were off to the races. And so what was the mastermind group about? So the mastermind group was um, about, look, how to grow your side hustle, like how to be accountable. Same theme, same theme. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where so kind of really brought together a diverse group of different projects, which was good and bad, Uh, you know, good from the outside perspective. um, But bad because it wasn't always super relevant, like people's, you know, hot seats and stuff weren't always super relevant um, to, you know, what you were working on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. And so I'm just curious, and you said you were published. You said you had a book, I believe. Is that is that right? Yeah, all, all self-published, I should clarify. Um, I, I love the Amazon platform because, I mean, it, it doesn't cost anything to put your book out to the world in, in what is essentially the world's largest bookstore. And that's that's really crazy considering, you know, all of the uh, gatekeepers and, um, you know, burdens that or, or barriers that used to be used to exist in publishing. Mm-hmm. Now, the downside to that is because anybody can publish anybody will publish and you know there's a lot of noise and garbage out there too um so there's a little bit of a, a science to you know giving giving your product uh, giving your book a little bit of a push to kind of get noticed by amazon's algorithms but yeah. i've written a, a handful of books uh, some of them have done better than others <laughs> but it is it is really fun and it's you know you, amazon has a much much wider reach than than i will ever have and so it's an it's a opportunity to reach you know, completely new readers, a completely new audience. Yeah. Yeah. And is there anything so, I mean, it looks like you did a few books and, um, I guess through that experience, you mentioned, you know, you got to know their algorithms and stuff like that. Did you use services? Like, I don't know if you know Zonblast and stuff like that. I don't know Zonblast. So, uh, yeah, I, I listened and I heard that someone talk about that who does a lot of fa- uh, Amazon stuff and he created a service where, they, I forget exactly how it works. I heard this a while ago, but <clears throat> long story short, it helps you just get to the top uh, first or second page of results when the people are searching for certain keywords. Um, so just like you said, a way to, to beat the algorithm and kind of get up on the uh, on the site so you can have more discovery, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, it's always been an interesting, uh, thing. Is there any tips, I guess you learn? So you write a book and I mean, you said that it's, it's not a super simple process, but it's a powerful platform. Is there anything to be aware of that you, if you did it again, that now you could do it more effectively? Yeah. The most effective thing is to send an email out to your subscribers and say, Hey, my book is available. Go get it. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, it's taken years and years to build that kind of platform. Yeah, of course. The, I guess, so two different launch strategies. The first one um, I did in 2014, I had a couple books to that point too. So I had a little bit of experience, but none of them really took off the way that this one did. Um, I did a free launch, uh, which you can do if you grant Amazon 90 day exclusivity for your book. Uh, You can make it for, promote it for free for five days. And so generated you know, 20,000 downloads for that book over the course of five days. Mm -hmm. And it was just 
all firing all marketing guns that I possibly could. You know, it was like social media and email, like, you know, direct outreach and trying to get other people to share this book. And, you know, I, the, the nature of the book kind of lent itself, had some built in virality because it like featured, you know, hundreds of different companies and they like, Hey, you were featured in this book. You know, I'd email their press team and, you know, they would, you know, you know, tweeted out on my behalf. Like it was, you know, definitely an effort to to get it done, but it did really well and went on to make, you know, sales and earn royalty income for, mm-hmm. you know, really a year or so after that, or maybe even a little bit longer. It doesn't sell as many copies today, but it had a good, it had a good um, runway or a good kind of lifespan there. Yeah, yeah. And then launch tactic number two is like after you've built up your author platform a little bit is, <laughs> you know, the most effective way it was just kind of to do, at least for me, a discounted launch and, um, you know, that kind of still spikes you up in visibility in terms of Amazon. So you still have the opportunity to reach new people and you kind of reward your existing subscribers with a little bit of a deal. And it's uh, that's what I did for the for the most recent book. It was called Buy Buttons. Yeah, nice, nice. And and how's the most recent one doing? It's actually doing really well. I'm excited to see where it where it ends up like you know with 12 months down the road so it just launched in september so one two you just got you know three or four months worth of history at this point and is still selling you know several (laughs) several copies a day you know between between 15 and, and 30 copies a day generally that's pretty awesome so can you tell people what's the name of that book so they can check it out it is called Buy Buttons, and it's all about tapping into pre-existing marketplaces to start your business, to start your side hustle. Yeah. Instead of trying to you know, stick your flag out in the middle of nowhere, it's like, hey, why don't you go where the cash is already flowing on marketplaces like Amazon and Etsy and Airbnb and eBay and all that stuff. Right, right. Um, and you know, you talk to a lot of people who are you know, into the idea of the side hustle. Um, is the primary focus for people, do you feel, I see it, a lot of the, the titles and stuff, it has to do with, you know, how to make more money and stuff like that. So this is, are the, do you find that people are really just pushing uh, to this, like, get a side income, or are they trying to become full-time entrepreneurs at the end of the day? I think that's probably a motivating factor for a lot of people, but, you know, it's got to start on the, so you got to start somewhere, you know? Right, right. Okay. So it's like getting your make, feet wet, starting somewhere. Right, right. Got to make 10 bucks before I can make, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make exactly. 10,000. And do people ask a lot about bootstrapping and how to, how to do things on budget and stuff like that? Yeah, I think that's kind of the side hustle way. You know, it's yeah. a lower risk brand of entrepreneurship. Look, I'm not going to likely raise venture capital um, because, you know, I don't necessarily need to. I've got my employer kind of as my silent partner in this business and can kind of use that, quote unquote, more st- more steady and more steady, more stable income to kind of bankroll this thing and kind of give, give myself a little bit of runway. And that gives, gives me the freedom to work on more speculative projects like the shoe site you know it cost ten thousand dollars initially to develop and you know i validated it a little bit with those text ads but it was still a big you know a big move to you know invest in this website and you know it took a lot of time to get that done and had i been you know just sitting around not working that would have been kind of stressful yeah yeah absolutely 
Hmm, interesting. So a lot of good stuff. It seems like you have lots of like a variety of experience too, um, which is makes it even more interesting. Um, what, what's your vision at this point? Just to continue, I guess uh, I got actually two things I want to ask you. Um, your vision for the future of where you want to see um, Side Hustle Nation grow into, and um, uh, the other question I had was. Geez, I just lost my thought. I had another question, I swear. Um, hmm, it'll come back to me. Let's go with the vision for now. And then, <laughs> okay, well, I don't <laughs> and know. Then, and the vision we'll... is a hard is a hard thing because it is it is such like a evolutionary process. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I still haven't remembered what that other comment was. Darn, it was. Uh... Ah. Well, let, well, let me flip it around. What's what's your vision for the magazine? Um, the vision is to basically, I'll make it simple to be the Forbes of social good business. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Um, you know, we really want to become niche in how you approach business. You know, like we want to rewire how we think about business in a sense so that it becomes the standard to use business as a tool for addressing our social and environmental challenges. That's, that's the idea. I've got I've got a friend of mine who might be a good fit for your show. Happy to pass along an intro yeah, after, we, after we jump on. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Well, listen, this was a really interesting conversation, guys. Tons of uh, good information on Side Hustle Nation. I just remembered what I wanted to ask you, so I have to say it before I forget again. Okay. Um, what is your day like then if you're side hustling? Do you wake up at four in the morning, or what's the story? How many hours a day are you putting into Side Hustle Nation? Well, I'm very fortunate to be um, be full time um, at this point, and have been a uh, full time self employed, okay. a full time entrepreneur since uh, 2008. Well, I'll, I'll give you the kind of breakdown of my day before and after. So, before I quit my job, like this was entirely built nights and weekends, and so it would you know get home from work, go to the gym, make dinner, and you know from seven to ten was side hustle time a lot of nights and then you know usually one full day on the weekend and then kind of one day off or, or yeah, you know, trying yeah. to trying to be you know recharge a little bit and then once i you know went full time into it i maintained pretty normal hours like 7 30 to 5 and then you know maybe catch up on email these days in the in the evenings and take most fridays off or at least take a not not in front of the computer all day on Friday. Yeah, exactly. No, you got to. Otherwise, you go crazy. Um, I think it's a healthy balance. So, cool, man. Well, you've made great strides. And like I was wrapping up before, guys, lots of awesome information on here. Tips for making the extra buck, getting your feet wet, and um, dabbling in new ventures. So definitely worth checking out. Again, it's SideHustleNation.com. Nick, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Uh, let's stay connected. You bet. Thanks for having me. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. Oh, 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 oh,